Hey, my name is Jason Byler. I'm the pastor of Life Change Church. Thank you so much for checking out our podcasts. I believe that if you'll listen to them, uh, that you will be blessed. Mark 4 tells us that the Word of God uh, planted down inside of our hearts uh, can bring forth a rich, beautiful, abundant harvest in our lives. This is my desire uh, for you. Uh, so as you listen to the Word, just receive it. Let it get down in your heart. Bring forth a harvest. Thank you so much again for listening. God bless you. Thankful for this. Anybody else? Come on. <laughs> Woo. Come on, Lauren. I've got a lot to say, so I'm going to start with, um, I've always wanted to go to Emerge. Everybody over here, they've always talked about, they say stories and how much fun it is, and me and Dara never knew what anybody was talking about. And last year, I was so excited, I was finally old enough, and we didn't go. And man, I was, I was not prepared. <laughs> um, it no one can tell me God's not real unless unless people can read minds. I mean, because a few months ago, I overheard a conversation and I just heard people say stuff like, "We're young; it doesn't matter if you make mistakes." Like people were out here doing things and like that they know they shouldn't do, and saying that they're young as an excuse. And it just it kind of hammered in the back of my mind. It just it's like, why didn't you speak up? Why didn't you say something? And at camp. I think, every, I swear, every single night that someone preached, they hit on speaking up. And one night, I was prayed over three times by Pastor Jason, Miss Julie, and Elizabeth. Every single one of them told me to, like, go out. You're made for something. Change the world. Go talk out to your school. Go talk out to the people around you. So, <laughs> like that one, that wasn't them. that was God. He was saying like, "Hey, listen up. This is what you're supposed to do. Go do it." And then Miss Julie told us one night um, that worship at camp is amazing. It's so amazing. Everyone's there. They don't care. You don't care what anyone thinks about you. So she told us to bring that back here. I was up here this morning. And I saw them. They were. No one cared. I don't know if anyone noticed, but on that last song. Then I didn't even pick up my microphone. I, I was not here. I was, I was gone. Yes. Praise the Lord. Isn't that great? Amen. Next. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Hmm. Savannah. I don't talk in front of people, so <laughs> either I'm going to start crying, it's from the Lord, or from my nerves, so. <laughs> um, <laughs> before camp, um, I just went through depression, and um, I was doing a lot of other stuff that God didn't want me to, and on the first night, um, I think it was Aunt Joy prayed for me, and um, I just had a weight, like a huge weight on my back, and I kneeled down, and I just tried to give it all to God, and then Aunt Joy prayed for me, and it ju I just felt this burden come off of me, and um, on the second night, I had a vision, and um, I was in a hallway, and there was just trash, and just all kinds of junk in front of me, and Jesus was at the end, and he was calling for my name, and I said, Lord, I want to come to you. And he took a fireball and just burned all that trash. And I got to walk right through. So, and if you haven't gone to camp, try to go, because it's amazing. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Savannah's a really good artist, so I want you to try to draw out that vision. Ever since you told me about that, I've been thinking about it. I, I, I know how I see it in my mind, um, and it's pretty awesome. So. I can just see Jesus step into the end of a dark hallway and just, it's cool. Praise the Lord. Anybody else? Going once, going twice, 
Here comes Tanner Brady. Mm. Out of the sound booth. Takes a lot to get him out of the sound booth. <laughs> All right, I got a lot to say, so y'all might, might want to get you some more coffee. Um, three, can I get five minutes? Five, two and a half. All right, so thir- Saturday, Saturday. Saturday night. Okay, I got my days mixed up because it was weird this year. Um, I was at the altar, you know. I was I was praying for people. I was I was just, you know, I was in a, I was in a zone, and God hit me with something that I I just was like, huh. So He hit me with Tanner. You're not supposed to go to Troy. Excuse me. Like, I, that, that was, that was my, I, that wasn't, like, I didn't tell God, like, excuse me, but, like, my feeling was, like, huh? Like, we're two, I'm two months away from going to Troy, everything's set out, my housing's paid for, my tuition's paid for, everything's ready, all I have to do is go and set foot on campus, and I got this feeling that, or I got this, what do you call it, you know, he told me, you're not supposed to go to Troy, and I was just like, I kind of sat there, and I just, I was, what's the word? I was just, that whole night, it was just on my mind. And, you know, that, I mean, I, actually that whole weekend, it was on my mind. Um, so I got home, and I continued to pray about it, and I realized that, you know, when God says something, no matter if you can't, no matter if you can't see what's in the future, you you obey. And you know, so I canceled everything I had to Troy. As hard as hard as it was, flesh wise, to cancel everything, you know, cancel because everything was set in stone. All I had to do was, like I said, set on set foot on campus. You know, God didn't want me to do that, and and you know, I I might not know. My, my my mind might not, not know, like, the, it might not be, I'm trying to think of the words. I'm horrible at thinking of words, as you know. Um, yeah, um, how do I say this? My, my path, like, in my mind was already set up. You know, it was already set in stone, perfect. I, I knew what I wanted to do. But God hit me with something like, that's not my plan for you. And, you know, I don't know what, I don't know what the future holds, but I do know that if I continue to trust in him and trust in what his promises are and, you know, hold true or hold true to what he says, that he'll bless me 10 times more than had I gone, had I gone, been disobedient and go to Troy. Um, so, you know, that's just something, and as big as a decision this is, you know, me not being able to see, like, what's in the future, you know, really kind of, you know, tugged at me a little bit. But knowing that, you know, he'll, he'll never leave me nor forsake me, no matter, as long as I put my trust and faith in him, that kind of, that just stuck with me. And I know that God's got ten times better plans than what I would have done had I gone to Troy. Um, and then another, I'm going to start preaching. I got two more minutes, so I'm watching the timer. Um, you know, Psalms 37, 4 through 5 says to delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Um, commit your ways to him, trust in him and he will do these things. And, you know, I'm not, I don't, I, like I said, I don't know what the future holds. All I know is I'm going to LBW in the fall and, you know, after that, it's, it's up to God. But I do know that as long as I continue to put my trust in Him and my faith in Him, that He'll reveal things to me later down the road that I might not be ready for at this time. You know, because um, some of the things that He wants to reveal to me, I'm not ready for. But I know there's a, because there's a season for everything, and His timing is 100% perfect and 10 times better than, 10, infinity times better than whatever my timing could be. So, you know, I just want, urge all of y'all to just trust in the Lord's timing because it's perfect and it's 
way better than whatever timing your your flesh or you could think. Praise the Lord. Good job. The uh, the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord, right? And and he delighteth in his way. Yes. Anybody else? Avery. Come on. Okay, so I'm just going to get straight to the point here. <laughs> okay, so for like, <laughs> so for the past few years, like I had really fallen away from God and I was really letting like anxiety and worldly desires control my life and I was doing what I wanted to do and I wasn't listening to what God wanted me to do. But this year at camp, it just felt really different because I think it was the second night. But I just felt this fire light inside of me. And the freedom and the peace that came with it made me want to follow that and just forget everything that's happened and kind of, I don't know how to word it. (laughs) It made me want to do what God wants me to do because it feels so much better and it's so freeing knowing that you're doing what you need to do and you're so set in stone knowing where you're going to end up. And it was just a really nice experience getting to know that. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I'm waiting. All right. Going once. (laughs) Going twice. Here comes Elizabeth. Okay, so like my mom said, I got the opportunity to speak uh, Sunday morning, and I was so nervous, (laughs) because the night before, God totally kind of changed my whole message that I'd spent the whole, like, months preparing, and so uh, I think it was Saturday night, I was sitting there in worship, and God just revealed this this image of this field. And if you've already heard my sermon, I'm just going to go ahead and say it again because I feel like it's encouraging to know. But um, there's this field, and it was like a battlefield, and it had these piles of armor just everywhere, just empty and dead. And then, um, you know, and then they stood up. They rose. And it was the armor of God. And they weren't empty anymore, though. They were full of people, an army, a young army rising up to fight the enemy. But the armor wasn't just regular, ordinary armor. It was on fire with a Holy Spirit fire, equipped for every good work and ready to fight the good fight and run the, and run the race. So I just wanted to encourage y'all that, you know, I feel like my generation is ready to fight and ready to change and ready to bring forth revival. So... <laughs> Yes. Praise the Lord. We want to see this army arise and are praying this. And, and man, I feel like we're starting to see it happen. Mm. Jesus. Anybody else? All right. Praise the Lord. Very thankful for all that the Lord has done, and we got camp again here pretty soon, and uh, just excited about, about what He is going to, to do there, and, uh, and how He will speak and move and call and, and change. Um, we do this morning want to uh, honor Tanner, uh, and, and uh, we're excited about uh, Tanner's passion for the Lord and the and the choices and decisions that, that he's making, and, uh, and are, are thankful for um, all that, I don't, you, y'all just don't know how much uh, Tanner has done, uh, and then how much he does in the church, and what a blessing he is uh, here, uh, so we're just so, so grateful for you, man, so thankful, and uh, just wanted to honor you and give you a gift, and then, and then pray 
uh, over you. Okay. Before we do that, Henry wants to testify. Woke up. Well, Jesus woke me up. Well, last Sunday, uh, the preacher said something he didn't get in, the get in my mind. That's all I want to say. Amen. Job Henry. <laughs> That's okay. Got it. You need. Um, he's got a heart for the Lord and very excited about uh, the Lord's moving in our children's lives and uh, thankful for kids' camp coming up. Uh, we need uh, a generation of children and young people to catch a fire for the Lord and seek Him and serve Him and live for Him with all their hearts. Uh, we, we love Tanner around here. Um, even It's hard to do, but we do. We love him. No. And, uh, and we're excited about, about all that the Lord has for you, Tanner, and uh, are so excited uh, to see your heart. Uh, to allow the Holy Spirit to lead and and to get in your way and change your change your plans uh, and um, and wanted to give you as always as we always do wanted to give you a Bible uh, and uh, and a gift um, and this is the best gift that we can think to give uh, because it's the best gift that we can give. Because it truly is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. I don't know if y'all if y'all heard Tanner just a second ago, but he quoted scripture right out of his heart. He didn't open a Bible and read. And uh, we know that if you hide God's word down inside of your heart, it's gonna it's gonna lead you to not sin against Him and to live to bring Him glory and honor. And uh, I'm not sure exactly when it happened, but it's evident that the Lord has stirred. Uh, in Tanner, a passion for Scripture uh, and a passion for the Word of the Lord. Here, here recently, he even spoke with me you know, on Wednesday night. If you haven't, if you haven't watched that, you ought to go do it. Did a really, really great job, and uh, and and his video has a lot more views than than mine ever get alone. Uh, he's got like close to a thousand now. I get like ninety, you know. So I don't. It's the face. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I think I would get more views. If people would view it, so, so that would be that would be that. But we're excited about uh, Tanner and uh, and know that the Lord is going to direct your paths. Many are the plans of a man's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails, and that's what we want. You see what I just did right there? Quoted scripture. That's right. Tanner, come up here. Let's let's pray for you. Joy, you want to join? Anyone else who would like to can uh, stretch your hands out here towards uh, Tanner, and uh, let's pray. Blessing over him. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Lord, we're so thankful for uh, Tanner. We're so thankful uh, for his passion for you and for your glory. Uh, we're thankful for his faithfulness uh, to the church. Uh, he, is, he is here probably more than I am. And we thank you for this. Uh, Lord, we thank you for his servants a heart, uh, just a willingness to to give of himself in any way uh, to help others and to and to be a blessing uh, to your church. We're thankful, Lord, for uh, his his uh, obedience to the Holy Spirit's leading. Uh, we know, Lord, that if he will take the Holy Scriptures as his compass and the Holy Spirit as his guide, then he is going to navigate the future with no trouble uh, at all. We know that you will order his every step. And I pray that every fear and worry and anxiety, if there's any, would go away in the mighty name of Jesus and that he would wholeheartedly trust you. 
and know that you are going to provide, that you're going to lead, that you're going to move, that you're going to, that you're going to order his steps to take him to where you want him to be and to, and to continue to make him into the man that you want him to become. Just continue, Lord, to stir this passion for your word within him. Let him devour it, hide it in his heart. Uh, just continue to give him a great sensitivity to the leading of the Holy Spirit. And uh, continue, Lord Jesus, to, to pour out your blessing upon him and to give him favor uh, everywhere he goes and all that he does. Give him favor with the right people in the right place at the, at the right time. Uh, bring your blessing upon his life. Uh, give him revelation of you and revelation of, of, of the inheritance of the saints and of your incomparably great power. And Lord, we look so forward to you doing in Tanner and, and through Tanner and for Tanner exceedingly and abundantly above uh, all that we could ask or imagine or think according to your great power that is at work within him yes. uh, for, uh, for your glory and for your honor. But yes. we also know that when we're living for your glory and, and your honor, it is also working out for our good. We thank you for this. We thank you for Tanner. Pray you greatly bless him in every way. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. And all God's people said, Amen. 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 Love you, man. This is the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Well, it is Father's Day, and and we should we should have a little word. And uh, you all know me well enough to know that fifteen minutes is incredibly challenging uh, for me. So maybe a, a Father's Day present to me would be a few extra. A few, few more minutes uh, with, uh, without any, any complaint uh, or, or uh, discomfort. Um, I, I do want to uh, honor the fathers in the room, and, and I'm so thankful for each and every one of you, and, and, uh, and am excited uh, uh, about the fathers that you are and the example that you're uh, setting and your passion for your family and, and your children. And I know we did this. We give, give all the dads a, a wonderful hand. And I would also like to, uh, uh, it, it, it is First Father's Day without, without my father-in-law, um, uh, but I do want to honor this wonderful uh, man of God uh, and, uh, and honor his uh, example and his and his passion, he has had a powerful influence uh, on my life, and I am thankful uh, for uh, for Monty Hayes, and thankful uh, that he's my father-in-law, and uh, and honor him, uh, and uh, and am grateful for the example uh, that he has set, uh, and uh, and I'm going to honor him by by following in it, um, and I also want to honor my dad, uh, uh, who has who has. Uh, has, has always shown me a passion uh, for the Lord and for His glory and His honor uh, and, a, and a passion for the church and, and the Word. And I'm so very grateful and thankful uh, for my father and the choices uh, that, uh, that he has made um, to, uh, to train up his children in the way that they should go and to, uh, and to um, guard us and protect us and, and bless us and to and to just invest everything that he has within his family. Um, so, uh, so thanks, thanks, dads, uh, for all that you do. Happy Father's Day. Um, let's take a few moments and, and look into the Word of God. Uh, I wanted to um, continue talking about uh, being Spirit-led, uh, and uh, I want us to to uh, live our lives uh, being led by uh, the Holy Spirit. I, I believe that if, we will, that if we'll take the Holy Scriptures as a compass uh, and take the Holy Spirit as a guide, uh, that we're going to be led uh, through any difficult time and uncertain future uh, and enemies, deceptions and darkness. We're, the Holy Spirit and the Word of God are, are going to uh, lead us in the path that we should go, and uh, and I, and I also want to, in this, just take a moment and 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 speak to fathers, and because there's such a call of God uh, on uh, fathers' lives to lead 
their families. And I think maybe some of the best leadership advice that I can give to dads is to, is to lead as you are being led by the Holy Spirit. The best leadership advice I could give to anyone, really, is to, is to follow uh, the, the leading of the Holy Spirit to lead as you uh, are being uh, led. Follow every day uh, the leading of the Holy Spirit. Take uh, the Scriptures uh, as, as your compass. And as you are uh, being led uh, by uh, the Spirit, then that is how uh, you should lead. I think maybe that's one of the reasons why Paul, you know, the Apostle Paul would say with such confidence, look at me. And follow my life, and because he was, he knew that he wasn't leading his life, but that the Holy Spirit was leading his life, and that he was going to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. And and as dads, that's what you know, we need to do. We're called to lead our families, and we lead as we are led by the Holy Spirit. So, so let's keep in step with the Spirit. Let's follow the leading. Uh, of the Holy Spirit, and uh, and it, and I, I want to share two scriptures that that um, that kind of point out four areas uh, in our lives uh, where we need the leading of the Holy Spirit, um, and uh, and and this kind of maybe will bring some clarity to to what it looks like to be led uh, by the Holy Spirit. Uh, one is one is Psalm nineteen fourteen. Probably really familiar with it. it. It's David praying, and he says, "May the meditations of my may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my Rock and my uh, Redeemer." So, so there's two areas that he highlights right there: uh, the uh, the uh, words of his mouth and the meditations of his heart. Uh, I don't. Tanner, I don't know if I sound loud to everybody else, but I sound really loud to me. Um, the, the words of his mouth uh, and the meditations of his heart. Uh, so we, we want to be led by the Holy Spirit in our speaking, and we want to be led by the Holy Spirit in our thinking. We want Spirit-led speaking and Spirit-led uh, thinking. And, and then, there is, uh, then there is 1 Timothy 4, um, 16. 1 Timothy 4, uh, 16, um, where, where, uh, where Paul's speaking to Timothy, and, and he, says, he says to Timothy, watch, watch your life, watch over your life and your doctrine closely, persevere uh, in these things, and you will save not only yourself, but those uh, who hear you. Uh, so, he, so he speaks to us of, of our life and our doctrine. It's our, our living and our believing. So we got, if we pull those two scriptures together, we got four things. We've got our, our speaking, our thinking, our living, and our believing. And we want in every one of those areas, we want to be spirit-led. We want spirit-led speaking. The words of my mouth being led by the Holy Spirit. And we want spirit-led meditation, spirit-led thought life, spirit-led uh, thinking. And then we want you know, spirit-led uh, living where our, our day-to-day life is being led by uh, the Spirit. And then we want spirit-led doctrine or spirit-led uh, believing that what, we, that what we hold to and believe is right and just and true is being led by the Holy Spirit. And so if, if, if we as, as, as men and women and, and young people, uh, if we uh, as dads you know, will allow the Holy Spirit to lead us in our speaking and in our thinking and in our living and in our uh, believing, uh, Man, that's going to have a powerful impact in our own lives and in the lives of others as well, right? And, and so as a father, uh, Ephesians 4, 16 uh, really hits me, right? Because I not only want to save, have a saving effect on my own life, but I want to influence my children in that way as well so that they are, uh, so that they are uh, experiencing uh, the... Uh, the, the saving work of, of Christ and the, and the Scriptures and, and the Holy Spirit. Um, so, uh, in, in Ephesians chapter 5, um, 
I think it also speaks to this and, and clearly speaks to living led by the Holy Spirit. And, and we highlighted this, but I want to come back to it again. Highlighted this last time we, uh, we talked about this. Because in uh, Ephesians 5, uh, we see something very interesting uh, that, that will help us uh, to, uh, to have Spirit-led uh, speaking, uh, thinking, living, and uh, believing. Ephesians 5, starting at verse 15 uh, says, be, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Now, we've got a whole lot here and, and not a lot of time, so I'm going to just move over some of it here, but, but we are reminded, uh, go back to 15, we are reminded that we are to be careful uh, how we live. So we, so we want to be careful and not carefree. We, we want to, now if you think about this in those four areas, we want to be careful how we speak, careful what we think about, careful how we live, and careful what we believe. We don't want to change that to carefree, although many do. Many are living, instead of careful, are living carefree. They're very carefree when it comes to their speaking. Very uh, carefree when it comes to their uh, thinking. Uh, very uh, uh, carefree when it comes to their, to their day-to-day uh, living. And, and very carefree when it comes to their uh, believing. Uh, I would say that that is unwise, not wise. That it's wise to recognize our influence and to be careful how we live. And, and here it points out our influence saying, making the most of every opportunity. Uh, be careful how you live. Make the most of every opportunity because your life impacts others. Not only are your words and your thoughts and your living and your believing impacting you, but it's having an impact on the lives of others as well. Uh, so you need, to, you need to be careful how you live, you need to live with wisdom, and you need to make the most of every opportunity. Why? Because the days are evil. Because there's all kinds of deception around us, uh, because the enemy is, uh, is on the move to steal, kill, and destroy. So we want to be very careful in our life. We want to live as wisdom. We want to live with wisdom and not foolishness. And so then Ephesians continues here and says, therefore, uh, do not be foolish because being carefree and unwise and, and thinking that our life, not making the most of opportunities and thinking that we have uh, no influence and that, and that, and you know, when we think the way that I speak and think and and live and believe that that doesn't really matter, which is an idea that is that is infiltrated our culture, right? That that I can speak and think and live and believe whatever I want to, and it doesn't really matter, and it and doesn't really affect anybody, or 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 I'm not even held accountable for it. And those things are all foolish, and unwise, and not true. So, so it says, therefore, don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. There's this instruction that we, are to, that we are to understand God's will, that what God's plan, God's purpose for our lives, and, and we want that because, because we know that God speaks and says, you know, Jeremiah 29, 11, that I know the plans that I have for you and they're good to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you hope and a future. And so he says, understand what the Lord's will is, and the, the leading of the Holy Spirit in our lives, the Holy Spirit is going to lead us not in conflict with the will of God, but in agreement with the will of God. Verse 18 then says something very interesting. It says, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. So he says here that, that, uh, that getting drunk on wine leads to debauchery, so we should not do this. Uh, so, so debauchery, you know, kind of a, maybe an easy uh, definition, understanding of that, is, it, it is, is it's giving in to sin. It's giving in to uh, the sinful nature. It's, it's living according to my flesh and just wholeheartedly giving in to that. And when we're drunk with wine, it leads us to 
to do that. It leads us to, to say yes to the sinful nature. It, it leads us to say yes to the flesh. Instead of doing that, be filled with the Spirit. So we're reminded here of the sinful nature and also reminded of the Spirit. Now, we've gone to Galatians 5, so just let me highlight it again, or, or, you know, or Romans 8, or other scriptures that remind us that in Christ Jesus, we have died to giving in to debauchery. We have died to the flesh, we've died to the sinful nature, we are born again of the Spirit, and we are, and we are able and, and, and called to live according to the Spirit, to live in step with the Spirit. And this is so important because when we live filled with the Spirit, led by the Spirit, then that is life-giving to us and to our connections, our relationships, and to, and to everyone else around us. But this is what Galatians 5 says, but when we give in to the sinful nature, when we say yes to the sinful nature, to the flesh, and no to the Holy Spirit, that that leads to devouring and to destroying our, our own life and our relationships, our connections as well. So we want to be filled with the Spirit because that's going to lead us to be led by the Spirit and not filled uh, with, uh, not drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Right now, now you may not believe in Scripture, and you may not believe that it's right or true, but you cannot deny verse 18. We all know that when you're drunk on wine, that that leads to saying yes to the sinful nature, right? You ever, you ever, you ever have somebody drunk on wine and they're just, and they're just, they're just full of love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. No, 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 they're, they're, they're giving in to, uh, to, to uh, impurity and, and, to, and to lust and to anger and rage and, and malice. It, it, that's, what it, that's what it leads to. So, very interesting, we see that, that there are things that empower our flesh, that empower our sinful nature, that influence us to say yes to what will destroy us, that influence us to... To debauchery. And so, so then it stands to reason that the other would be true, that there are things that influence us and empower us to be filled with the Holy Spirit and to say yes to the Spirit's leading in our lives. So I, I kind of hammered on before, uh, you know, wine and getting drunk on wine. Uh, and, and certainly uh, I believe that, and I'll hammer on it again uh, this morning. Uh, I, I believe that you know, let me just just say to pastors out there who who promote drinking that that this is very dangerous and and not not incredibly careful and and I think maybe you need to back up and rethink that um, because because of the level of influence that we have I, I can't be I can't be haphazard or carefree with the level of influence that I have as a pastor in a church. And, and to dads as well, we've got such a level of influence. I mean, my children look and listen to everything that I do, and I've, I've got to make the most of that opportunity, and I can't be haphazard or carefree about it. Uh, so for me as a pastor and a father, wine is off the menu because it's very, very dangerous and destructive, and when we get drunk on it, it leads to debauchery. Now, Interesting connection here uh, is, is that there are other things that are, are described to us by using this wine picture that also lead to debauchery, that also lead to giving in uh, to uh, the sinful nature uh, that I want to highlight and point out for us uh, here this morning. And, and so let's look at Revelation uh, chapter 17. Revelation chapter 17 um, 17 and 18 and 19 uh, kind of speaks to uh, the, uh, the end of the system of the world, of the order of uh, this world. And, and there's this interesting connection uh, to wine and being drunk on the, on the allure, the temptation, the desire for the things of this world. Which, which as I said, 17, 18, 19 say that, that 
that that is coming to an end. So one thing that you should know about this world and its ideas and philosophies and systems and desires and temptations, they are, God is going to bring those to an end. And, uh, and you know, chapter 19 in Revelation is, is like this rejoicing that takes place when that, has, that is happening. And here, let's read this. It says, one of the seven angels who had uh, the seven bowls came and said to me, come, uh, I will uh, show you the punishment of the great prostitute who sits on the many waters. Now, uh, now uh, 17 is, is going to, uh, I think verse 14, is going to explain to us that the many waters are, are nations of the world, are the peoples and nations of the world. And so there is this great, described as a great prostitute who sits on the, the many waters, uh, on, this, on, the, uh, on the nations of, of the world. Verse 2 says, With her the kings of the earth committed adultery, and the inhabitants of the earth were intoxicated with the wine of her adulteries. Now, you know, for, for sake of time, let me just say that, that she is representing uh, the intoxicating allure temptations of this world. And, and one of the things that I recognize... Um, you know, I don't know if everybody recognizes it or if it's a gift that God's given me or not, but, but I can see in some like this tug of war. I've talked about it before. Right? Between, the, between the, the things of God and the things of this world. And, and I think that all of us have to admit that there is an allure to the things of this world. That they are tempting and enticing. That they look good and desirable. And that it, and it, that it, that it draws us in and what we see here is that it's like it's, it's talked about as as wine, and it is intoxicating, and it has the same effect on us. The world's the world's system when we give into that has the same effect on us that that the wine has spoken of in Ephesians five. It when we're drunk on it, it doesn't lead to a life of giving, of giving God glory and honor. It intoxicates us so that we give in. It leads to debauchery. It intoxicates us so that we give in to the sinful nature. And this is not what we want because it leads to our destruction and the destruction of others as well. This is why, this is why when, when we see like our young people and, and any people really running after the things of this world that we want to stand in their way. We want to oppose them out of love because we understand what it leads to. Now this description uh, continues, and I want to read it just so I can get, just so I can show you uh, this this cup in her hand. Then the angel carried me away in the, in the spirit into a wilderness, and there I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast that was covered with blasphemous names and had seven heads and ten horns. Blasphemous. Uh, names covered with seven heads, ten horns, uh, blaspheming uh, the Lord. The woman was dressed in purple and scarlet and was glittering with gold, precious stones and pearls. She held a cup, a golden cup in her hand, filled with abominable things and the filth of her adultery. So she has this, she's covered in all these things that, that looks so enticing and, and so alluring and, and so uh, wonderful uh, that, it, that entice us and lead us uh, to come. And she has a golden cup in her hands. You see it's golden. You know, it looks so good. And, but, it, but it's filled with abominable things and the filth of her adulteries. This, this is a, a representing of the, of the world's ways, the world's enticing deceptions. And, and the desire is to get us to come and to drink from the golden cup in her hands, but it's filled with abominable and destructive uh, things that, that intoxicate us to not live uh, led by the Spirit and say yes to the Spirit, but to live led by our sinful nature and to say yes to the flesh which devours and destroys. The Spirit gives life. So we don't, we don't, we don't want to run to wine, but we also don't want to be enticed or led astray or deceived by the allure of this world and run to this, uh, to this 
a woman clothed in purple and scarlet holding this golden cup and drink from that golden cup and be intoxicated by the uh, abominable things that fill that, that, fill that cup uh, so, that we, so that we give in and, and, and say yes to our sinful uh, nature. Uh, that, that is what will take place if we are led astray to the world, this is not what God has called us to. And, and as fathers, this is not what God has called us to do. Because if we do, chances are that our children will follow and drink from this, uh, drink from this uh, as well. So, so let me read uh, two passages of Scripture uh, from Proverbs. And, and, uh, and we'll relate these. They speak to wine... But let's not only think of it that way, let's also think of it as, as the golden cup of the world full of its enticing uh, temptations that look so good to everyone that everyone thinks that they uh, want, to, want to drink of this, and many, many will. Uh, let's, let's go Proverbs 20, verse 1. Wine is a mocker, and beer a brawler. Whoever is led astray by them is not wise. This, this true of, of wine and also true of, of the golden cup in the hand of this woman. This, this enticing temptation to drink of the drink of the world. It is, it is a mocker and a brawler and those who are led astray are not wise. And then uh, Proverbs 23 Proverbs 23, let's go 29 through 35. Try to read through this uh, fairly quickly because it just you know, powerfully speaks uh, on its own. And, and think of this not only as, as wine, but also think of this as the, as the system of the world. Who has woe? Who has sorrow? Who has strife? Who has complaints? Who has needless bruises? Who has bloodshot eyes? Those who linger over wine, who go to sample bowls of mixed wine. Do not, this is a great instruction, do not gaze at wine when it is red, when it sparkles in the cup, when it goes down smoothly. So, so, so don't look at this golden cup uh, filled uh, with this uh, intoxicating wine of, of, the, of the allure of the world. Don't gaze at it uh, when it's red. It, it, I know it's red and it sparkles and, and, it, and it looks you know, delicious and like something that we should embrace and drink. Don't be led astray by all that because, verse 32, in the end it bites like a snake and poisons like a viper because it's destructive. The system of this world is destructive. Your eyes will see strange sights. Your mind Imagine confusing things. You will be like one sleeping on the high seas, lying on top of the rigging. They hit me, you will say, but I am not hurt. They beat me, but I don't feel it. When will I, when will I wake up so that I can find another drink? When will I wake up so that I can find some more. There, there's all this hurt going on and this destruction and almost this idea that it's taking place, but all that, all that we can think about is, is getting some more, getting some more. I want to drink more from that cup, more from that cup, more from that cup, and that is, that is not for us as the people of God, and it intoxicates us and leads to uh, debauchery leads to uh, saying yes to the sinful nature. It leads to uh, saying yes uh, to uh, to the flesh. So, so the connection here uh, again is that as as that wine leads to debauchery, and as as drinking of the system of this world leads to debauchery. Like when I'm longing for and desiring and running to and embracing the world and grabbing hold of that cup and chugging it down as that leads to debauchery and to giving into the sinful nature, there are things that empower the spirit and lead to the filling of the holy spirit so that we don't say yes to the sinful nature but we say yes to the spirit. And I'm like flying through this as Faster than I normally normally would. I apologize for that, but it's been a good day, hasn't it? 
Now let me just say this to you. And this is what the this is this is something that I believe that we need in order to not in order to not be led astray by the things of this world. And, and it's certainly something that that fathers need to hear. And it is it is this to to instead of instead of running to all those things that empower the sinful nature, one of the things that we need to empower our spirit nature is to be still. To be still. As men of God, as women of God, as, as young people, we need to be still. Of course, you know uh, Psalm 46.10, which says to be still and know that He is God. And, and we also know uh, Isaiah 40, uh, which is so powerful and, and, uh, and speaks to waiting and being still. Let me just read that to you. In Isaiah 40, uh, verse 27, starting at verse 27. We'll back up. Everybody knows uh, 31, but we'll start here at verse uh, 27. It says, why do, why do you complain, Jacob, and why do you say, Israel, uh, my way is hidden from the Lord, my cause is disregarded by God? feeling like, where's God? And, 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 and where is His help? And, and where is Him in, in my cause? And I feel like God has discarded it, but He has not. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and His understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord, or, or appropriately translated, wait in the Lord. Hope and wait are, are both great. Those who hope, because hope is waiting, or hope in the Lord, or wait in the Lord, He will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. What is the, what is the key to the answer to all of this? It is, it is being still in the Lord. It is waiting upon the Lord. And when we do, He will renew our strength. And we will soar on wings and run and not grow weary and walk and not be faint. So, so, one of the things that powerfully helps us to be led by the Holy Spirit is to be still, to wait. To, you know, I feel like saying this to a lot of men a lot of times, but to just, just settle down. It's just like, whoa, man, hold up, right? Not everything depends on you, and you don't have to hold everything together. Just settle down. I feel like saying that to pastors sometimes. Some pastors, I listen to them talk, man, and they make my mind spin. I'm like, whoa, dude, settle down. You think you've got all this under control? You think you're holding all this together? Wait. Be still. Know that He is God. I, I, I was thinking about this in, in the, uh, the scene from The Lord of the Rings, the, the first one, The Fellowship of the Ring came to mind where Gandalf and the Fellowship of the Ring are, are, are lost in the, in the caves of Mordorf. I don't know, is that it? There's all kinds of weird names. Um, and and they don't, they don't, there's like two ways to go and they don't know where to go. And so Gandalf just sits down and he just waits. And he doesn't move until he, he's just waiting there and everybody else is frustrated because he's just waiting right there. Sometimes... Sometimes when we don't know where to go, we just need to settle down, to be still, and wait. And when the Holy Spirit is ready, the Holy Spirit will lead. But if we're, but if we're in a hurry to get things done, and we run and run, make life no fun, isn't that a country song? It's just coming to me. We can miss the leading of the Holy Spirit. Be still and know that He is God. I, I want to read, read all of Psalm 46 to you, and, and then we'll pray. It's, it's not very long, but it's, it's in Psalm 46 that there is this be still and know 
God, God like almost interrupts the psalm and he says, be still and know that I am God. Thank you for my Father's Day present. I very much appreciate it. Honored. Listen to this. Uh, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in time of trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. If you read the introduction to this psalm, you'll see that it is a song. It is a song that was sung. And, and, and when I was growing up in church, we actually sang this song. And some of you might would, would remember it too as God is our refuge and God is our strength and ever-present help in trouble. It's got high right there. Woo! I went for it though, didn't I? Mm. Therefore we will not fear. It, 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 is a, it is a song. And Scott's moving along. He's like, let's get off of that. It is, it is, a, it is a song. And, and so, so important to being still, dads, is, is for, the, for the Lord to become your song. It's, you know, Psalm 118 where David declares that the Lord is my strength, so important to being still, that the Lord is my strength. Man, I'm so glad that I don't have to hold everything up, that the Lord is my strength, and, and He is my song, and He has become my salvation. If, if you want to be still, make the Lord your song. And in the waiting, in the stillness, sing, God is my refuge strength, ever-present help in time of trouble, therefore I will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. Let me read this. Though its waters roar and foam. And you remember, you remember that, that, the, uh, that the woman in Revelation 17 sits on the many waters and that the waters are the, are the tribes and nations. Though the, though the world roars and foams and the mountains quake with their surging. We will not, we will not fear. And then, then listen to verse 4. And as we read this, I don't want to take a ton of time because we need to finish. And as we read this, think about, think about the golden cup in the, in the prostitute's hands. It's filled with the abominable things uh, and, and the filth of her adulteries. Think about that. And then think about that there's a river instead of the cup. That we can drink from the cup or, or we can drink from the river and I would rather drink from the river. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. The holy place where the Most High dwells. For God is within her and she will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar, kingdoms fall, but God will not. And His river makes glad the city, and we are citizens in that city, and His river makes us glad. And it, and it doesn't bring destruction to us, and it's not abominations or filth, but it brings life to us. And when we drink from the, from the river of the Lord, that, that doesn't intoxicate us to the sinful nature, but, but brings life to us to give in and, and say yes to the Spirit. Nations are in uproar, kingdoms fall. He lifts His voice, the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. The Lord Almighty, He is with us. God, God is our fortress, so we can be still. Come and see what the Lord has done, the desolations He has brought on the earth. He makes... Wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Here you go. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. We should be still and know that He is God and He will be exalted. And then it says it again. It's interesting when Scripture says things twice. It's interesting when it happens in the same chapter. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. God is with us. 
He is our fortress. He will be exalted. His plans and purposes will come about. We can be still in Him and know that He is God. I think, I think a lot of men, you, you ever hear, and I wanted to get into some of this, but let me just touch on it. You ever read in, in Jude where, where Jude says to us that there are those who follow the way of Cain. Right? We, don't, we don't want to follow the way of Cain. You know what God spoke? He said that Cain was a restless wanderer on the earth. I think that's a lot of men. They're like restless and, and wandering. And that is, that is not who God has called us to be. And that is not who we are in Him in Him, men of God, dads, we are still and at rest and at peace. And when we're still and we wait and God is our strength and our song, our ever-present help in time of need, and we just, we, 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 instead of having to carry everything, we let Him carry it. Then we find ourselves in a place where we are able, more able and empowered to be led by the Holy Spirit. And as we are led by the Holy Spirit, then we can lead our families. And it's not just a message for men. It's a message for all. Be still. Know that He is God. And in the stillness, you will hear His leading. You will hear His voice. And you will be able there to be filled with the Spirit, led by the Spirit. And as you follow the Holy Spirit, then others will be led by your life and, uh, and, and instead of destruction and devastation, there will be life and that more abundantly all around. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for a, a wonderful time with you. Uh, thank you for uh, your work in the lives of our young people and in the young people all across our, our state and other states as well. Uh, we thank you, Lord Jesus, uh, that, uh, that you are leading and they are listening and following. Lord, we thank you for uh, our dads and this wonderful uh, Father's Day that we are celebrating and we pray for our dads and dads everywhere that, that they'll not be led astray by the intoxicating, destructive wine of this world, but that they will be filled with the Holy Spirit, led by the Holy Spirit, and that dads all across our nation will arise and lead their families as they are being led by the Spirit Help us as fathers to lead the way in this. And Lord, I know that if we're going to be spirit-led dads, then we've got to be still. We've got to wait. We've got to pause and know that you are God. And, and just settle down and wait. And then when you show, when you light the way, when you move, then we move. And when, when you pause, then we pause. It reminds me of Israel moving through the wilderness, that, that when you moved, they moved. And when you stopped, they stopped. And then they waited for you to move again. Help us to be still, to know that you are God. Be our strength, be our song, be our salvation, be our desire and our delight. Let us look to you to find gladness and joy and peace. Help us as your people, to hear Psalm 46.10 and to be still. And we know that when we do that, we will know that you are God and you will be exalted. We thank you for this, Jesus. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I just wanted to ask you this morning, all who are here and those who are watching online, if you have not uh, trusted Jesus as Lord and Savior, Today, you want to put your faith in Him and open your heart to Him and find your salvation and your peace and your strength and your life in Him. I just ask you to raise your hand. I just want to pray with you. Thank you, Jesus. Maybe you're watching online. 
just ask you to raise your hand there wherever you are watching or, or listening. And let's just pray together, everyone just repeating after me, and just give our hearts to Jesus. Lord Jesus, I open my heart and I ask you to come in. I know that salvation is found only in you. And I know that abundant life and eternal life is found only in you. So I ask you, come into my heart, be my Savior, be my Lord, be my forever passion. Help me to live for you, led by your Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. Amen. May God bless you. Uh, Thank you for the Father's Day present of extra time. Very grateful. God bless. Have a wonderful day, a wonderful uh, Father's Day, and uh, we'll see you back here next Sunday. Huh? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, we have a gift for all the dads, which I forgot about. <laughs> but um, it's, pretty, it's pretty fantastic. Uh, it's Koneka sausage. So it's like a gift for all the dads and their, and their families as well. So I've never heard anybody like, oh, Koneka sausage. And I've never like offered it up and nobody ate from it either. So it's good. Mm, praise the Lord. Mm. Miss Margaret? Yes. And then words. Yes, ma'am. I trust my physician, but I trust a great physician. Yes, amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. Praise the Lord. Miss Margaret says she's having eye surgery this week, and she's having uh, trouble seeing and, and wants us to pray for her uh, for the Lord's healing touch. So just stand with me, will you? Stretch out your hands. Anybody who wants to can come and lay hands on, on this precious saint. Lord, we thank you for Miss Margaret. Lord, we thank you for her love and passion for you. We thank you that she has spent a lifetime delighting in you and and serving you. And we thank you for the wonderful saint that she is and the example that she sets for all of us. Lord, we all we all look and see that she is uh, being led by the Holy Spirit, and 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 we follow her example. We thank you, Lord, for her faithfulness uh, to your word, her faithfulness to your call, her faithfulness to your church. And Lord, we pray for your saint that you would lay your healing hands upon her and you would touch her and bring wholeness and health. Lord, that you would heal her eye and return sight to it so that she can see, so that she can read. We pray in the mighty name of Jesus for your healing in Jesus' mighty name. We thank you for her faith and trust in you, and we place this in your hands, and we give you glory and honor. Lord, we are still resting in you, waiting on you, and we we know that you are God and that you will be exalted. We pray your blessing on Miss Margaret, your, your, your favor round about her as a shield, Lord Jesus, that you would sing over her uh, songs of delight and love and that you would powerfully uh, work healing within her, we pray in Jesus' mighty name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Amen.